If you want to go ahead and open up in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, we'll get there here in just a few moments. Um, I want to echo what Luke said just a few moments ago to the Kleins and uh, Blue and Leanne Weber, just our condolences and uh, our love for you guys um, this week. And Kevin and Lisa were saying that the assistant pastor back home where Kevin is from, uh, his wife passed this week too. So it's been kind of a heavy week, hasn't it? Um, you know, I'm reminded of the scripture where we get to come together and Uh, The Bible says to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and to be able to come in here and worship what healing that does bring uh, just as we're able to do that. So um, just thankful for our church family being able to rally around these families. And, uh, you know, the, the, the. I guess the joy, the privilege and the challenge of uh, of ministry is on a Sunday morning, we have, I was telling the, the prayer team this this morning, you know, we have so many different emotions that come in on a Sunday. Some are on a high, high, some are on a very low, low, but the Bible gives us a remedy for that. It says to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and to weep with those who are weeping. And that's what family's all about, right? Family is all about that. So thank you for your love this week uh, to those people that you have been able to reach out to. So, um, So we'll go ahead and and get moving on this today. We're going to go back into our series. Thank you again for those who were able to participate in Love Life yesterday. We, um, family, that was such a privilege privilege for so many people who were able to come out. But still 13 people went down yesterday. And um, like Luke was saying earlier, Andre... Um, was just so excited with the Mooresville group of churches that were able to come down and the results from that. Uh, So, you know, we're making a difference, church. We really are, whether it be within our own church body or whether it be within our community, surrounding community, um, the gospel is making a difference. Let me say that. Uh, God, you working through us and spreading the gospel of hope and love and, and um, all of those things that, that he does by his spirit. Well, we know as we've been studying this, um, and even before we've studied this, but really, we're ineffective without the presence of God anyway. We must have the presence of God to be able to be effective when it comes to really touching the lives of people and when it really comes to the Lord ministering to us. I've got to have his presence, which is why, you know, I wake up in the morning and, and Stasha and I, she'll, either one of us will make coffee in the morning um, and usually we'll make it the night before and go push the button the next morning. That's just the way, so we don't mess things up. You know, you're kind of, before you have coffee, you can mess too much up. But anyway, we'll go out on the back deck, um, on the back porch, and um, obviously Stasha's unable to see to read, so I'll have my Bible or just my phone there, and I'll play the audio version so we can listen together and hear what the Word of God has to say to get the day. First of all, minister to us. You know, we want to come from this place of, maybe we're at a place of brokenness, and we want to get to a place of wholeness, and the Word of God is able to do that. Um, When this study, we're talking about encountering God's presence, and um, how we do that, I think how we more effectively, let me say that, how we more effectively do that is having awareness of heaven. We know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. He is our uh, baptizer with the Holy Spirit. He is our healer, and that's what we're talking about through this, uh, this year. He is our healer, but he's our soon-coming king. And so we're becoming whole people. We're allowing him to minister in us and through us. Um, and I'm just, I'm just putting this out there that I think as we look more towards heaven and have a heavenly perspective in life, that that allows that healing to come. That allows us to be able to reach out even more because we recognize that heaven's really not too far away. And there are a lot of people who are not only dying and going to hell, but there are a lot of Christians who are hurting in the process and we are able to experience 
the joy of Jesus today. And so we're wanting to be able to, to gain that heavenly perspective. Well, I had you turn to Luke chapter 12, and we're going to skip down to verse 22 here in just a little bit. Um, but I want to give a little bit of backstory before we read, and just with time, I'm not going to read all this. But um, before verse 22, Jesus had just finished talking about the state. Now, for those of you who've been a part of anything like those can get messy, can't they? They can get very messy and, and things like that. So Jesus was just addressing this whole thing, and he was talking to a large crowd. So this is the perspective I want you to see. Jesus addressing this issue of dividing an estate to a large crowd of people. He then began to tell them about a man who had gained many earthly possessions and money, and he sat back to enjoy everything when his life was taken. This guy was going to build large barns, and he said, I will just sit back now, and I will enjoy everything that I have. And, of course, Jesus made the point that his life was taken from him that night. He was again talking to the crowds of people, right? That's, that was his audience. At this point in these stories... These people were concerned about the immediate time frame, and they had forgotten about eternity. And so Jesus was wanting, wanting to bring a perspective to these people that we need to have a heavenly mindset in all things. We need to have a heavenly mindset. So beginning in verse 22, this is the point where Jesus goes aside from the large crowd and he brings his disciples together and he's got something very important that he wants to say to them. Now what he taught the crowds was important, but when he brought his disciples together, they were going to be the ones responsible for, for spreading this message. So he had something uh, very important for them and he, who were committed to following Jesus. You know, I, I translate, now, this is me, okay, this is David. We have the crowds of people that we're able to minister to, but there's something about a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night crowd that come in where we're wanting to hear what Jesus has to say. We're wanting to hear what the Bible has to say about living life. And so I kind of compare it to that in the sense of it's the people who had taken time out of their day to be with Jesus, and Jesus wanted to give them something uh, that they could, they could hear and be able to spread to other people. And so as I look out here today, I see many people who want to follow Jesus. I've heard your stories. Most of your stories, I've heard them. And you truly want to follow God. You want to grow. You want to know who he is, right? I mean, I think that's a fair assessment as I look out today. We want to know who Jesus is. It is a true statement. I should say, is it a true statement that it can become difficult to focus on heaven when life gets difficult? Is that true? Life gets difficult and you just kind of lose perspective for a little bit. I've been there, all right? I think it's kind of fair to say that. We, we, we don't necessarily forget about God. We don't forget about Jesus and, and those things, but we can, we can forget about heaven when life gets difficult because we call it living life in the real world. You know, when the rent is due, when the kids are headed out to college, when this happens, when that happens, life becomes those moments. We began to worry. Anybody, anybody know a worrier? <laughs> I won't say, are you one? I'll just say, do you know a worrier? That way we don't have to admit anything. Do you know a worrier? Worrier. How does heaven then, whenever that's going to happen, Help me in my worries now. That's what I want to talk to us about today. How does heaven that's going to be then talk to us, talk, 
uh, minister to us in our worries now. So here's what Jesus said when he turns to his disciples after telling, this, uh, after telling these other people about not to worry about this immediate life and the money that you're going to be getting or you should be getting or anything like that. Here's what Jesus says in Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Uh, we're going to go through verse... Um, We'll go through verse 30, and then I'll stop, and we'll do our memory verse. Um, He says here, Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat, enough clothes to wear, for life is more than food, and your body is more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them, and you are far more valuable than than any birds. Can your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and are thrown into the fire tomorrow, he certainly will care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your father already knows all of your needs. He already knows your needs. Now, this brings us to the point of our memory verse. This is going to be up here, so I want you to look at this, uh, and we're going to read the very first part of uh, 32. So here's what it says in Luke 12, um, verse 31. So you ready? Let's, let's do it. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need, so don't be afraid. Now, he's marrying a couple of words here today, worry and afraid. He's, he's, he's joining those two words or comparing those two words um, as he begins, as he's teaching his disciples here. He's saying, don't worry and don't be afraid, but instead seek God's kingdom above all these things. That's what we are to do. But how often is it that worry overcomes the kingdom of God in our minds? Worry overcomes um, the immediate things that are going on about our children, about our spouse, about our coworkers, about our job, whatever it may be. He says, so don't be afraid, little flock. It's important that he says that, and we'll see that here in just a, just a few moments. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This, this will store up treasure for you in heaven, and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there your, the desires of your heart will also be. So here's Jesus' message in a nutshell. Don't worry. Easy for him to say. We may think that. I may have thought that. The antidote to worry that we're going to see is a heavenly perspective. What's the old song, heaven sounding sweeter all the time? I just heard that recently somewhere. Who was I talking to about that? But there's an old song, heaven sounding sweeter all the time. I think it's an old hymn or maybe an old gospel chorus. But it's sounding sweeter all the time. Why is that? Because one, we know it's coming closer. But two, with that heavenly mindset, I began to realize a couple of things. What? God has got my life now. God has got my situation now at this moment. So I want us to look at how an earthly perspective can calm our earthly concerns. Because, you know, when you go up to somebody who's worrying and you tell them not to worry... When somebody comes up to you and you're worried and they tell you not to worry, what do you want to do? Smack them or something right now. And you, you know, the flesh starts to come up and you want to hit somebody. Am I, am I right? Yeah. yeah. 
Look out, Kevin. <laughs> we offer marriage counseling. Let's look at how an earthly perspective calms our earthly concerns. First of all, Jesus says this in verse 23, that life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. <laughs> this morning I was uh, on the way here to the church and we got here and um, I'm going to be participating with Blue today in uh, his father-in-law's funeral. And so um, I have a tie that's in the car and I have a jacket that I brought with me. And so I get out here at the church and I open the door and I get my beautiful blue jacket out. It was supposed to be my black jacket, right? And so all of a sudden I thought, oh no, I don't have my matching thing, so I had to run back home. And I wasn't going to worry about it, but Emma was here and she was kind enough to say, yeah, if you wear that, you're just going to look like a big bruise. And so black and blue, <laughs> like, so I had to go back home and I had to get the right jacket and all these type of things. Thanks, Emma. Um, you were. But life is more than food about the wrong thing. Eating has no value if I have no life, right? See, but we tend to worry about the food. Therefore, I should be more concerned about life. Isn't it funny how teenagers and kids, for those of you who have kids and grandkids or you were at one at one point, but it, it never fails. We'll finish with breakfast or we'll finish for lunch. And the first thing out of Gabriel's mouth is what's for dinner? Like, dude, we just ate. What do you mean what's for dinner? Same thing with Luke. Since he's been here, we'll have lunch. So what are we doing for dinner? Dude. And my response to them is, you're not going to have to worry about dinner if you don't go clean your room, you know. <laughs> Clothes are important, but you have to have a body, Right? so that you can wear them. If we choose to worry, at least let it be about the bigger issues. Right? And that was Jesus' point in this. You're, here you are, you're worried about food. You're worried about clothes, but what about your life? What about your body? What about who you are? We need to have a heavenly perspective. We need to be aware of the presence of God in our life. While clothes are important, like I said, you do have to have a body to wear them. Um, your body and life is what we should be. It would have been a huge deal if I'd have had a, black jack, a blue jacket with my black pants. It probably wouldn't have been the biggest thing other than I would have looked like a bruise. wouldn't have been the biggest thing in the world. Jesus is saying, shift your priorities in life. That's his point. If you're going to be concerned, be concerned about the bigger things. So how do we make this shift? Well, Jesus says to them in verse 24 that we just read, he said, I want you to consider the ravens. Have you ever noticed that they, um, the ravens, the birds that we see, they don't go to Walmart. They don't go to Publix. They don't go to Target. They go to the parking lot, right? <laughs> You're exactly right. I can remember in Bible college, we were in Christiansburg, Virginia, in the mountains, and there were so many seagulls in the parking lot where I worked. I worked at a Goodies family clothing store. Shout out to Goodies if you remember those. Um, but I worked there, and I can remember we would go bowling for seagulls. We never got them because they were pretty fast, but that's where they would come get their food. When I say we would drive our cars through them, and they would scatter and all that, we were messed up. Seriously, we were messed up. But Jesus says, you know, these, he didn't say this, but I'm, my interpretation, they don't have a Walmart grocery, they don't have a Publix, they don't have an Aldi, they don't have a Harris Teeter. 
But I want us to go a little bit deeper than that because we recognize where they get their food from. Let's go back in the Old Testament for a moment. The raven was considered unclean. Jesus brought up an un- This whole thing was for Jewish people. So he was saying, if, Jesus, if God is concerned about the unclean things and takes care of them, how much more will he take care of his people? The unclean raven eats because God feeds them. Now, he doesn't hand feed them, yet he did, did build into creation a way to make sure that they could get food. That's what he did. Are you not much more value of much more value than they are? I think about our friends in Jamaica. We see a lot of poverty when we go down there, right? For those who've gone down there with me. It's amazing the number of fruit trees that you will find in Jamaica. You're not going to starve, right? Now, if you've got to go to the right place, because if you go on somebody else's property, it could be very bad for you. It really could. Kind of like here. Kind of like here, the same thing could happen. But there are, there's so much vegetation and fruit that's down there that's available to the people. You know, I think God wants to take care of us. And I guess if we had to, we could find food too, right? Because God provided it even in the course of nature and said, he's, so Jesus is saying here, you're worried so much about food. It's not the right thing to even worry about. Are you not of much more value than the unclean raven? So the first point, life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Secondly, due to your body, he even says this. This is before all the medical records came out. Verse 25, he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, I was going to bring a rocking chair up here this morning, but um, I didn't want to disturb it from the babies, from the people who are rocking the babies back there today. But here's what we're talking about when we say, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? If you're sitting in a rocking chair, which we have one on our front porch, and sometimes I like to go out there and just sit and rock. You know what? I am moving in that rocking chair, but I'm not going anywhere. There's energy being exerted, rocking back and forth. Sometimes it could be a good little ab workout, I guess, but I'm, I'm not going anywhere. And that's what worry is like. You're moving. Your mind is moving. You're inside. You're getting all those chemicals that are going, whatever they are. I'm not a doctor. But you're not really going anywhere. And so Jesus says in verse 27, I want to read this again. He says, to look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God so cares, cares so wonderfully about the flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. The beauty of nature comes from our Creator. I look out here at the flowers that Mr. Stowe plants every season. They're, they're different. Now, in the winter, we have snowmen that grow out there. They're now, normally, he'll bring them in, and it's not in seed form. It's already started to grow most of the time. But you, took a, you take a little seed, as dead as it can be, and you put it in the ground... And from this seed, from the brown dirt or black dirt, depending on what you get, all of a sudden there comes up this green plant that can have purple, orange, yellow, pink colors in it. How did all that happen? Our Creator made that happen. And if He clothes the lilies of the field, He will take care of you. And that's Jesus' point. Worry about your life. Worry about eternity. Let God take care of the rest of it, is what he is saying here. He is the source. Here's what being rich toward God means. 
Make the eternal greater than the immediate. Make the eternal greater than the immediate. That's being rich towards God. Make the spiritual greater than the physical. You mean I got to think about God every day? Yeah, it's, man, it's a blessing too. I'm going to tell you, whenever we become free of worry because we recognize that we have the creator of the universe who's taking care of, I'm going to say the menial thing. How can you call food menial? How can you call, call um, clothing menial? Well, in comparison to what really matters. Because of it. Now, does the raven have to go out and get that food? Yes, but God has already provided it. He was going to make sure that, that even the raven would not be hungry. When we make the eternal greater than the immediate, when we make the spiritual greater than the physical, it positions us to experience his provision and his presence. That's what this whole series has to do with the rest of the year is the presence of God. And it's aligning things so that they're set up in proper order. This is aside from the teaching that I have today. But, you know, matter of fact, this is a serious timeout, okay? God is Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, we are made in His image, and he is, there's kind of three parts to who we are. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. How often do we get that out of order? See, it's spirit, soul, body. But often, especially when it's late into the day and I haven't eaten yet, and I get to that hangry point, my body has just risen past the soul, mind, will, and emotions, past the spirit, to where if I don't get something to eat, somebody's going to get hurt. And what God is saying is this. Even when you are at that point where you are hangry, your spirit still has to be in control because what is more important? And my will and my emotions can rise up above that spirit, can it? And so instead of it being spirit, soul, and body, man, my spirit's just taken over. I mean, this is important in all things. This is important in relationships. We can teach this with our youth, right? About your spirit, soul, and body. When you're dating someone, you better make sure your spirit's right and don't let that flesh rise up. And take over your mind, your will, and emotions, and your spirit. All right, time back in. That's good, though, isn't it? That's good. A good reminder. Because it positions us, when our spirit is in control, to experience his provision and his presence. He goes on, verse 29, and don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. All these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers over the whole world, but your father... He already knows your needs. Already. He knew it before you did. All of a sudden, I'm worried about it. You know what? God knew it before I knew it. He knew it. He knew it. He knew it. Your Father knows what you need. Go after God and go after His presence. Then all these other things will be added to you. Amen? That's a good word. That is a good reminder. That's not a message of condemnation today. That's, man, I'm just getting excited thinking about that for my situations in life that we're facing. God is my provider. Seek first his kingdom. My mom did all that she could to make sure my brother and I had provision growing up. As a single mom, she was limited. I, mom, she's probably going to be mad at me for saying this, but I remember she had her class ring that she sold so we could have Christmas. So 
there was a provision that was there that God had given that allowed her to go out and, and do this, right? She was thinking of all the resources. She began to pray. She began, and, and you know, I'm thinking, I don't, even wear my, I don't even wear my class ring anymore, right? But God had given her this provision, and she was able to use that to take care of us because in her moment of crying out to God, the idea came. God had already set that up. I mean, I think it's a sad story that she had to sell that, right? But at the same time, I think, you know, in her moments, because I'm telling you, she had a lot of moments on her knees with my brother. <laughs> Miss Vicky said I had to say in me too, so. No, in all seriousness, though, um, she had a lot of moments on her knees, which I think is what taught me that perspective of heaven over the earthly things that, that really matter. So she did all she could to make sure my brother and I had provision growing up. As a single mom, she was limited. However, my mom knew God provided a job for her so that our needs were met. Now, it was tough when my dad first left because she was at home. And all of a sudden, she had to scramble for a job with no experience, right? It was tough. But she prayed and God provided. Church, God cares for us. God has no limitations, yet when we worry... Oh, this one hurt. I saw this quote. God has no limitations, yet when we worry, we question His ability. If we are poor in our heavenly mindset, it will lead to worry down here. And I want you to catch that. If we are poor in our heavenly mindset... If we are poor in our heavenly mindset, it will lead to worry down here because we confuse the source with the resource. Does that make sense? We're limited because we confuse the source with the resource. To live in worry, he says, now this is scripture again, this is not a condemning message at all, but he said to worry is to live like the heathen. So what do we do? Because we worry. <laughs> Anybody worried lately? We worry, right? What do we do? Well, he says in verse 31 again, seek the kingdom above all else and he will give you everything you need. The word kingdom means rule and seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Verse 32, back in where we have been, he says this, so don't be afraid. And I had you hold on to this phrase, little flock. What is he referring to there when he says little flock? The sheep. And he's referring to the church, the sheep. It reminds us of who we are. A couple years ago, I had, matter of fact, Luke, I want to get that picture out of my office today. So if you'll remind me in between services, because um, I want to show it again. But when I left uh, New Hope to come here, Pastor Dale and Carrie presented Stasha and I with this picture. How many of you, if you've been here a while, you've seen that? And it shows, this was when convention was in Israel. Somebody took a photograph of a shepherd leading a whole bunch of sheep that was behind him. And he told me, he says, I want you to remember you are a shepherd and people will follow you as you follow Christ. So he said, yes, you're the shepherd, but I want you to look what's behind him. He said, you're also a sheep and you've got to follow your master. Very powerful picture that he had there. So he says, don't be afraid, little flock. We are sheep. We tend to wander. Yeah, we tend to wander. Worry takes us away. 
I'll follow rabbit trails all the time, but I'm not talking about that type of wandering. I'm talking about the wandering away from our heavenly mindset and the presence of God. We wander from our shepherd. When we wander from our shepherd, we run the risk of being eaten in a spiritual sense. When we wander, we run the risk of being eaten by the wolves. We must be close to God and remain in his presence. And that's what Jesus is telling his disciples. What's more important, the food you eat, the clothes you wear? No, it's seek first the kingdom of God. Stay close to my presence and you will have all that you need. And that's a key word too, right? Need. All that you need in that sense. He says, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Now, I want to I clarify something in this real quick. Because for so long, I've heard, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. I think, well, if I seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added to me. All of a sudden, my mind used to go to all the material things, which there's, that's, there's truth in that, right? But it immediately went to there, and the prosperity gospel will want to take you there. Well, if God's going to give me the kingdom, I'm going to have my own private jet. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that because, I mean, he's the king over all, and so I should have all of the kingdom. Well, the prosperity gospel will confuse this and say that God will give you everything down here. But here's what we miss, that God's kingdom is heavenly, not earthly. Because I think of all the people in other countries. Dean is getting ready to head out to Niger next month. And he's going to a place and who has the biggest airplane and who has the biggest house and all these type of things, right? So how does that even apply to them? Well, he's not talking about material things. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He will give you the kingdom of God. I, I'm telling you, I, would so, I am so thankful for the peace of God in my home. I am so thankful, and that's part of the kingdom of God. I am so thankful that God knows me and I know God. I'm very thankful for those type of things. And he's saying his kingdom is heavenly, it's not earthly. And he will give you, it's his great happiness to give you the kingdom. To illustrate this even further, verse 33, he says, Sell your possession and give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven, and the purses of heaven never get older, develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Now, this one can mess us up, right? Sell everything we have and give it away. It's not about money. It's about ministry, though. It's not about money. He's talking about ministry here. When the things of this earth take priority over ministry, maybe there needs to be an evaluation is what he's saying. See, to this particular guy uh, in some of the stories that Jesus was of God, that's his point. He's not saying go sell everything you have and, you know, and all of a sudden now we're destitute and we can't take people into our own homes, right? But it's when that priority takes precedence over God is what he's saying. And by the way, verse 34, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Uh, we've, we've discussed this before, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. But how often do we read it? Wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be. So if my heart is with my kids, my treasure is going to be there. If my heart is with God, my treasure will be there. That's not what it's saying. It says wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be. Which is why we talk about 
are we able to tithe? Are we able to give even above and beyond? Because where our treasure is, I don't have my wallet on me. We'll just pretend this is my wallet. Where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. And so Jesus is making the point here, it's about the kingdom of God. It's about his kingdom. Be rich towards God so that when the system fails down here, you are rich up there and you have something to withdraw from, just like the birds and just like the flowers. Ms. Vicki, will you come on up? And I'm gonna ask us to stand this morning as we're closing this out. I'm just, I'm looking at, an eternal perspective today and not necessarily about the things that I have here. And so I want us in our response time as we're closing, um, again, just you and God today. Take a few moments. I want you to pray. Lord, I recognize that my values are off. I've been worrying too much lately. And God, I need to understand that one, you have my family in your hands. I had somebody, uh, which we all do this, right? Nathan is now driving and Gabriel just passed driver's ed. And uh, people, aren't you worried? Can I give you an honest answer? I'm not. I'm really not. Now I think about, you know, I, I, I warned them, right? Now you need to be careful here. You need to watch out here. God's got them. I worry about everybody else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Take a spiritual moment and no. Uh, God's got them. He does. Do I worry about that? No. Do I worry about Stasha when she's away from me and it's just her and West and maybe call me insensitive, but no, I don't. I really don't. Have I always been there? No, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. But I understand this, that God cares more about my family than I do. He cares so much more about my wife and kids than I do. And I'm going to tell you, I care about them a lot. My money. My house. None of those things. And I'm going to tell you, while my mind hasn't always been there, and I'm not saying I never worry because I would be lying. And what God says not to lie either, right? But I got to tell you, there's something so freeing that having a heavenly perspective will bring. And so my prayer is this, as I know I'm going to shut up in just a minute so you guys can, can pray. But there's something so freeing about this that whenever I start to worry, it's like the Holy Spirit taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, by the way, you don't have to worry about it. I've got this. You're right, God. I'm so sorry. Just take a few moments, whatever it is that the Lord's speaking to you about, and hand it over to him this morning. In the place of that worry, won't you invite the presence of God? Father, just for me, I, I want to pray this this morning that God, you would forgive me in those moments where I tend to worry about some things and have thereby limited how big you are. God, I am so sorry for that. 
I, I'm so sorry that I have, I, I forget at times just how much of a provider you are, how much of a caretaker you are, how able you are, Lord. So Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill these with your Holy Spirit today, afresh and anew. God, you are good. You're our Father, and we love you for it. In Jesus' name. Luke and Emma are going to close this out here just in prayer. Um, and I, just, I know that some of you need agreement in prayer today. Please come down and let them anoint you with oil if necessary and pray over you. Um, if you need Jesus as your personal Savior, let them pray the prayer of faith. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You shall be saved. Um, but powerful couple of God and... Um, let them pray for you today. Stasha and I love you. I just saw her walk back there. So we'll see you at the back. We'll see you next week.